Welcome to the Day Before Leadership Podcast. I pray it encourages you to move from surviving to thriving in your leadership. If you enjoy it, make sure you subscribe and share it. Here's today's interview. What's up, D, man? How you doing? David, I'm awesome. I appreciate you having me on this podcast. I mean, hey, right now it's 75 and sunny out here in Los Angeles. So while the rest of the world goes through snow in winter, we don't we don't believe in that snow stuff. Man, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much, D, for taking the time to be with us. Man, uh, God's doing great things in your life. You're 30, you're 34, you're, you know, former NBA uh, player, shooting coach. You, you're an author. You've done so much. You've been, you know, married to your wife, Taylor. Man, how has God, what has God been doing in your life, man, recently? And, and take us through your story. Absolutely, man. Yeah, so all of those accolades and everything that you can say in that and everybody's got a resume and it's all God. Like there's no opportunity that I get that he hasn't given to me. And it's a struggle, you know, I wouldn't say a struggle, but it's a battle like in this, the flesh that we are in the world that we live in, in this like, Oh, look at me, look what I've done. Look at this, look at that book deal, all that kind of stuff to think it's about us, but it's not, man. Like I want to really make sure that even, in this year and going forward more and more that when people ask me stuff like that, it's just, it's just bouncing off of Jesus. Like it's not like, that's great. I'm just a vessel for this boom, but I'm reflecting off of Jesus and his love and his gift. So man, the story's story's crazy. The story's crazy as far as just like being just, just driven to play in the NBA and thinking that I was actually going to play in the NBA coming from small middle of nowhere, cornfields of Iowa, having, no vertical leap or athleticism and parents probably should have played said play tennis and golf but it was a it was a it was my obsession and i just poured everything into it man i got to play college basketball and professionally overseas and sounds like you know what that's awesome overseas basketball europe that's so cool but it was more like the will ferrell semi-pro joke of a league than it actually was so i got cut from that league and and all my hopes and goals and dreams taken away from me rubbed face turned upside down, rubbed in the dirt. And man, I like, I went through a time that I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like I hadn't, I had nothing. I had no direction. I poured everything in and been taken away. And I, and I realized, you know what, I, actually all that pouring into myself was for me to be able to pour into others and teach others and coach others and help people with more God-given abilities in that sense and athleticism and seven foot height to play in the NBA. And that's where I put my emphasis. So it's been a constant, like, and then I went, ran basketball camps all over the country, but just started from not, like literally just a bag of basketballs in the trunk of a car, sleeping in well-lit Walmart parking lots, camp to camp to camp to camp, and eventually got with the Brooklyn Nets like six years later and was a shooting coach for them, had an amazing year, amazing season. And then I got fired at the end of the year. So once again, another pivot. In my life, like, and we can all look at our lives. It's like, it's just a constant, like, God will take you different ways. He'll show you one. It's like a long hallway. We're walking down. There's different doors that we enter. We take a peek in here. Like, oh, okay, all right. Then we're into the next thing. But it just, each opportunity shapes us for for what is to come. And and I think the people that really like find the most joy in life and, and get the most out of life and have the most impact are the ones that, that look at the opportunities, whether good or bad, as a learning experience and in an experience of not a, oh, why am I here? Like, why is this happening to me? But instead of like, okay, now, 
all right, I, I can be appreciative in this moment. I know that I'm going to grow from this moment and I know I'm going to be able to teach others from this moment. So I think life's just continuing to be this journey that we're on, man. And, and how are you going to literally be content in the moment that you're in? That's, that's the toughest thing to do. Be content on the journey that you're on. Man, that's so good, D. Tell us, you know, you had all those closed doors. Tell everybody what your mom told you. Oh, yeah. on the couch and you get back home, you got rock bottom, you know, all this projection and doors shut in your face. Tell everybody what your mom told you and how you ended up where you're at now. Yeah, man. So I was kicked back in the recliner chair after I got cut, feeling bad for myself, licking my wounds, living in my parents' recliner chair. And my mom was doing dishes at the time. And she said, David, when one door closes, four open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. And man, I was thinking like, what? Wait, what's this? I thought it was one door, one door. What's this? Four doors, a beachfront patio. And usually whatever my mom said to be in one ear, out the other ear. But that one, that's the one that really stuck with me because that's what showed me that, hey, all these gifts that I thought that was for me to play basketball and play in the NBA was actually to help others do it. So that's the, the, the moment that I realized that this pivot was going to happen. And I give credit to my mom, the philosopher, my mom. I can't say I've listen to her all the time but that's one thing i did listen to her on and that's awesome so it wasn't rejection it was redirection and god's mm. opening more doors for you let's nice. talk about your marriage a little bit been married to taylor for how long two and a half a little over two and a half years awesome and and something i heard you say before i think is awesome i've never heard it before is you guys go on a honeymoon every six months and uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about how that came about and then i want you to speak because you speak of your wife so much and you guys are so close. I want you to speak into marriages, if you can, those who are struggling, those who are on the rocks, those who feel like they're about to give up. What word of wisdom would you share with them? But tell, take us on man, your story first. I love this question so much, man. Anytime I get the opportunity to speak about this, I love it. So we just looked at it from a different perspective in a lot of different areas and honeymooning being one, because people would always just tell us like, oh, just wait till the honeymoon stage is over. I just wait, like your one honeymoon, but why? Like who made the choice or the decision that they can only have one honeymoon? Or who made the decision that you can only be honeymooning right when you get married? We want to love each other like it's a honeymoon all the time. So we make sure that we take time that we'll schedule in date nights. So we'll, we'll, we'll turn off, like even on a smaller scale, we'll turn off our phones when it hits a certain time. We'll have our closing time at night. So we know we're going to be intentional with each other. Because if you don't, then people are just scrolling through their phones. And you, you can spend time with your significant other. But if you're just watching Netflix and scrolling through your phone, like that's not, that, that's not the, the, time, the intentional time that's actually going to move the needle in your relationship. And, and there's other things like, like the word divorce. We never say it. We don't even joke about it. We don't even let that be a word that is said because that's not even an option. So we don't even let that be a, a, allowed in. Another thing that, that we saw when we were dating this couple that was like been married like for 60 years is that they were getting interviewed on TV and they asked them what the secret was. And they said they gave each other seven kisses every single night before they went to bed. So we adopted that. We do that every single night because it's really hard to go to bed mad when you got to give your spouse seven kisses. And all of us, everybody has arguments and wants to go to bed mad. And, and like that's one way that we just, we combat that. But you know what, man, like, just being so supportive of your spouse and there's always going to be things like there's always going to be little things that they might be doing or or you think one thing and they think the other thing or you're not communicating as well as you should but knowing that like you're on the same mission you're on the same journey together 
And that God, I, we like to look at it as like a triangle. We're down here at the bottom. God's at the top of it. He's the one leading us. He's that leader of the triangle. And just having that understanding that we have ourselves rock solid and God is our, is our leader of our, our marriage is such, such a comfort. But uh, yeah, man, for couples that, that, that don't necessarily think that they can make it or having struggles, one, one big thing, like a, a game changer is like literally read the five love languages. Like I've seen it so many times, like you don't know what your, your wife or your husband's love language is until you read that fully understand it. Like, mine is words of affirmation so all you have to do is tell me that i'm doing a really good job and i'm gonna love you but if i didn't know taylor's was like so it's a it was big for me i, I learned hers was gift giving and receiving like actually me putting in time to really like put, pour into the gifts not necessarily like you don't spend a lot of money but like if i'm going to put time and thought into it it means a ton to her and i used to be the guy that's going to give you a gift card like a starbucks gift card but then just like i completely shifted my mind on how to actually give gifts. So just really understanding your significant other and what, like how to pour into their love tank. I'll write it down in, in my journal every single morning. And I have one section that says love tank. Like, what am I going to do today that I can pour into Taylor? Like, what is that gonna be? And, and even if like, if, if your spouse doesn't reciprocate it, like love them, just continue to love them so hard, even if they're not reciprocating it. And then of course you gotta have I mean, you, you, you got to have the communicate. You have to have the understanding of like, okay, we're going to talk this out. Like have the ability to sit down, have your time. We have it Sunday evenings where we just talk like, hey, how are you feeling? Are you feeling loved? Like just, hey, what's, what's on your schedule this week? I want to know everything she's doing. I want to be on the same exact page. So people will say communication is obviously the key, but it's, I mean, like how do you do it? Like have scheduled time that you'll talk about it. And even talk about like what, what like what's on, like, what is kind of under your skin? Do you have to get something out of there? And if you come at it from a way of like, I'm not going to take this in, as an offensive matter, but I'm going to take it as like, hey, I'm here to improve along with you. It's a different mindset shift. Because when our, when our spouse tells us something, we want to be like, no, like, no, that's not right. I'm, I'm not the one that's wrong. But if you just have an open mind to it and know that you're on the same team, you're just trying to get better together. It's, uh, it's a lot more freeing. That's awesome, dude. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, man, you just signed a three-year book deal. You already have two incredible books out, I believe. For aspiring authors, those who are, you know, wanting to be an author one day, they're watching this, they're listening to this, they're wondering how, what is their next step? You know, like, so they got this book in the making. Where do they go from there? What would you tell them? What are some next steps you would give all of us? Man, I think everybody has a book in them. It's just if they want to write it. So people will look at books as a daunting task because it's a it's a, a big thing that you got to write but it's just like everything people will say one thing like we talked about the honeymoon stage honeymoon stage or a book's really hard to write no it's not just take it day by day when i wrote pivot and go i literally had no idea what i was doing i just wrote stories life stories and experiences with points that people could learn from so you tell you tell it in stories people learn in stories literally so tell stories and then have a point and application to it uh apply to it as well and man i just wrote i got on the walking treadmill because that's when i do my best work i'm walking and typing an hour every day sometimes i'd write two great pages sometimes i'd write two terrible words but it didn't matter i knew step by step by step by step i was going to get there and then i looked at it too as like i'm just going to put all the, i'm going to throw all this this mud at the wall 
and like a lot of it's going to come down and, and there'll be just some like I have to shift through it. And it's kind of like a puzzle where I'll put it together at the end. And I had a great editor that I got with that helped me do that, too. So it's don't don't even worry about when you're writing it. Someone said, I think it was Mark Batterson said he always looks at it like a zero draft. Like your first writing is going to be it's probably going to be terrible. Anyways, a zero draft and just write, man, like if you like to write, it's going to be something that you're just charged up about. I wrote. So I started on another book after I came out with Breakthrough because I was in the zone and I got probably like 75 pages, Google Doc pages, like a lot, but I'm not going to use any of that. Then I started on another book because I thought that was going to be the next one. And I didn't, I didn't feel called to write it. So scrap that. But I'm going to use those things at some point. Like I just love the, the ability to, to, to give a message through stories. I think it's so powerful. I mean, Jesus talked in parables all the time. Like we learn through stories. So it's, yeah, it can be a daunting task if you look at it that way. But if you also look at it as a way as, man, even if it doesn't get published, even if it doesn't get out there at all, like at least my kids will have something to read. Like they'll know, like it'll be a legacy that I can live. You can self-publish. Like very rare, very, very few people make all of their money, their income off writing books. Like I'll be honest, that's not the way that I make, a, like, like hopefully my royalties will be one way that I can in the future as we get going there. But like I write them to like this, you know, I think I can reach more people through books throughout the world than I can speaking. And I love speaking too. But anyways, if you have a book in you and you enjoy writing, then you should absolutely write it. Man, that's so awesome, dude. We all got a book in us and those books will outlive us. So good. Uh, and you speak often of voting for yourself. You know, I know you've talked about that before, about every day vote for yourself. I'm reminded that the devil voted against us, God mm -hmm. before us, and our life cast at the side and vote. So for somebody watching this, somebody listening to this, how can they practically vote for themselves every day? What would you say? Ooh, love it. I love it. Yeah, so we have that superhero power within us, and that's choice. Every day you wake up, you have like you make like thirty-five thousand choices daily, and you can even make you can either make the choice of, like you said on, <clears throat> excuse me, on the devil side, on the negative, voting against yourself because somebody else says you can't be something, or you, you doubt yourself, or you take the positive, of what, and if you constantly like write down who you want to be, like when I made the shift from MBA coach and basketball to, to author speaker. I wrote it down every day, David nurse author. And I started saying, it. I started telling people like when you meet somebody, it was really uncomfortable. I was like, what do you do? Like I'm an author. They're all right. So then it just starts getting into your flow. Like that's who you are. And you live in these stories you create, you live in the choices that you make and the stories that you create, but it's up to you to be the one to vote for yourself because nobody else is going to vote for you. Like nobody else is going to write your name down on the ballot. You actually have to do that. And by physically doing that every single morning, it's a trigger to your subconscious, to your muscle memory that, man, that's that's who I am. Man, let's go. Let's go. It's so good. All right. If you can, because you, you got these 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 ways of speaking to yourself that I, that helps me remember. So vote for yourself. Another thing that you said in the past was you look at your hands and you tell your hands, you know, what we're going to serve today. So talk, mm. talk to us about that and then tell everybody how that ties into your Mark Cuban story, man. Cause it's, it's yeah, 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 yeah. So the hands are with us all the time. So this is the tool that you, you've got with you. And anytime you enter a room, 
try this. Look at your hands and when you turn the doorknob, push the door open, even flip up your computer and start typing or your cell phone, say the word serve. And now it puts in your mind that you're going to serve. You're focused on serving others. So one thing when you step into the room, it takes a lot of pressure off of you because you're not worried about, oh, I got to connect with this guy. Oh, I got to be, oh, oh, oh. No, you're just worried about serving. And that's when everything, like, literally when you live in that mindset, everything comes back to you. And by me, Mark Cuban, is I was coaching for the Nets, and this is like before Shark Tank and all that kind of stuff was really big. So he, he wasn't this super known, sure he is known, but not this super known guy. And I didn't know who he was. And I was uh, walking to the side of the court because I wanted to have my own time before the game. I love being the first person on the floor before the game. And he was out there, this guy who I didn't know with these broken jump shot he was shooting. And he, I walked by him. He's like, you know, the older you get, the legs go. And, you know, being a shooting coach, you know, it's not true. It's like, yeah, I can't let that go. And I told him it's not all about the legs, it's about the power, how you generate the power, your momentum. And I could see he was really interested in this and he and uh, wanted some shooting tips. But I didn't want to give it to, I didn't want to give this stranger 15, 20 minutes of my time. A friend had challenged me three weeks prior to live in the service mode. So I was like, all right, I've got this gift. God's given me this gift. I'm going to show him how to do it. I showed him these drills, these things. He was making more shots, getting more range on his shots. He was loving it. The real players have to start coming out warming up for the game, so we had to get off. And I said, hey, look, if you want more drills and everything, I'm more than happy to email them to you. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So he pulls out his business card, hands it to me. I slip it in my pocket. I'm on my way so I can get, you know, five minutes before the game to myself. And I'm curious, before tip-off, I pull out his business card, see who this guy had been giving shooting lessons to, and it, it read <laughs> Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks. So i just been hoping Mark Cuban harnessed his inner power for something he was – passionate about and and i helped him out and i i emailed him the next day and i kid you not within two minutes he emailed me back so now i i, I can reach out to mark if i have questions because i poured into him for something he really cared about so if you pour into somebody and you serve them and you treat them like the most important person in the room no matter who they are it's not always going to be mark cuban obviously but i mean it just just that type of service not only makes yourself feel good but it also empowers others. Like a word of encouragement, I mean, just a small word of encouragement can be the difference maker in someone's entire life. It's crazy. There's been so many times people have told me, yeah, well, such and such spoke this life, spoke this word into me, and, and now I'm doing these amazing things. Doing but Just because somebody was, got out of their own way and served somebody else. Man, that's so good. And uh, man, as you were saying, I just felt the word for whoever may be watching this or listening to this. And that word is, if you're faithful, God will find you. So wherever mm -hmm. you're faithful to serve behind the scenes or in an arena, whatever it is, if you're faithful to serve, God will find you. He'll promote you. All right, man, this is it. Home stretch. Here we go. You just wrote a new book, Breakthrough. Tell everybody about it, why they should get it, where they should get it. This is your moment. Absolutely. So if you want to just have happy little accidents and strokes of luck just continue to happen, that's great. But if you want to have breakthroughs, if you want to have constant breakthroughs, these great just bursting through potential and finding your success to be able to schedule it in in a formula, then this book's for you. If you, hey, if you don't, then don't read it. Like if you don't want to improve, if you don't want to reach higher heights, eh, don't open it up. But you can find it everywhere. I mean, where books are sold. Bonus points if you go to Barnes and Nobles, if you support local bookstores the old school way instead of just jumping on Amazon. Bonus points for checking it out there. 
I do personal breakthrough coaching where I help people map out their guide to reach their success. You can find that on my website. Really passionate about doing that. It's had some incredible breakthroughs for people. It's been super cool to see. My podcast is The Art of Social Media, David Nurse NBA. And or just uh, come out, L.A., hang by the beach. Probably won't see me because I live by the beach, but it seems like I never actually get to the beach, which is a funny thing, right? But anyways, <laughs> that's where. Man, so for everybody who hasn't, for like the two people who haven't got it, get this book right here, <laughs> Breakthrough. Man, let me just say, Dave's one of the, man, one of the nicest people that I've ever got a chance to speak with, and he's been so generous with his time, even with us now. So, man, and definitely support, get this book and help give it to somebody else. Buy one for you and buy one for a friend. Dave, man, thank you so much for spending time with us. Before you go, can you pray for everybody who's going to watch this Mm. podcast, listen to it, wherever they're at, whatever they're going through, that they would have a breakthrough in their life? Man, I would love to, love to. Thank you, brother, for having me on. Give me this platform. Dear Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for all that you are doing in David's life and everybody out there listening that... uh, and we know that, that that you've poured these amazing gifts into us, and and we know that we can we can walk with you hand in hand. We don't have to do this alone. We don't have to do this life alone, Lord. You're, you're guiding us. You've told us you, you have plans for us to prosper and to protect us, man, and just to take us to our future. Like we don't have to have this burden, this heavy burden that we have to do it alone, Lord. Just show us that. Just just uh, walk with us, hold our hands, give us the wisdom that we need through the day, and. If we're feeling stuck, we're feeling down, or we know we have you, we know you have you uh, with us at all times. So we just thank you, and in Jesus' mighty, victorious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.